Hey, Simon, you want to try this new drink? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, that reminds me of uh, a drink I had in P&G. Mate, you can't keep cashing in on this short-term mission trip. It wasn't a short-term mission trip. It was an exposure trip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Three Views on Podcast. Back for episode two. Two, 2.5? Two, two, two. 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 Of season number five. The penultimate season. The final and last season. Now, let me just be... The, let me, the grammar Nazi step in here for a second. You understand that penultimate means second to last? That's really... <laughs> yeah. <no way. laughs> it means ultimate is last and penultimate means second to last. I was hoping it meant like the fifth and final. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't penultimate mean the fifth podcast season of the Three Views On podcast? <laughs> Isn't that what that means? I can um, see where you're coming from, Michael. Pent. Yeah, pent. Like pent, five, pent. Pentagon. Five, yeah. You know. That's actually, no. I can see whether you where you've gone. If you, said, pent. if you said pent ultimate, then I might grant it to <laughs> you. If you listen back through, go back. <laughs> it says pent ultimate. I am the idiot. <laughs> the pent ultimate season of the yeah, no, previous look, on I think podcast. He said pent. Yeah, well done. I think you got to give it to him. And most awesome. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, you are forgiven. Look, today we're talking about uh, someone who's very near and dear to our hearts. That would be Simon. Uh, I'm very near and dear to my own heart, that's, that's for good. sure. That's uh, you've just come back and everything relates to your trip to PNG. Yeah, well, being in this cabin, being locked in this cabin really reminds me of uh, my trip to PNG. Before we get into your trip to PNG, <laughs> can we just have a just give people a quick update on how our week of brainstorming and just frankly doing life with each other has been in the cabin this last week? I have caught no fish. Haven't found a lake yet, but you've been still no you've fish. been sitting on an, a log up the top of a pine tree. It's been so good, <laughs> yeah. so good. Just, you're on a branch, on a branch fishing. This just is the most the sunshine. Rela- this is the most relaxed I've ever seen Michael Laws. He is looking good. He hasn't done something for ten minutes, which is insane. I think someone needs to go and wind <laughs> him up. It's good. It's just. Mm. I don't know if he'll Look be. He's him. like a he's shark. He's like a shark. I think if he stops swimming, he might die. So yeah, this is. We gotta be very wary of when he sits still for too long. Uh, Simon, your week in the log cabin, the three views on log cabin. Yeah, well, I've I've had trouble sleeping. Honestly, the stench is really getting to me. Mm. It's it's more than a stench now. It's more of a an air quality. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's thick. And look, I'm I, eating I, body odor. I acknowledge this, boys. I told you once. Like, I told you a thousand times. I should have picked a cabin. With a toilet in it's, it, it's that like would have been wise. Yeah. The bucket it's, is getting old. I'm like Pac-Manning around the house. You got to <laughs> eat the atmosphere to get through it. Like nom, nom. it is thick. As it a is. bonus, though, it's high calories. So I mean, we're really, really we're full. Living, living the life. Yeah, yeah. Just from absorbing the air. Yeah, and yeah. No, look, it's going all right. I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I loved camps as a kid, and this is just one big camp. The final. Season of the three views on the penultimate season (laughs) of the three views on podcast in our in our cabin retreat. It could not be going better. No, it it couldn't be. One week in, we're doing well. I wish we had some lighting too, because you know these brainstorming sessions go into the night, but it's kind of weird just hearing two voices come out of the dark at me. Mm. I'd I'd like some, especially when maybe even just a solar power system. You know, just some lights. The absence of fluorescent lights really benefits our souls. It's good. It probably does. It's a good metaphor. For what? Don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> discover is. that we'll, we'll as we move through the episode. So, Simon, 
All that said, you did go to PNG. Yeah, I don't know. I can't honestly remember if we discussed it at all on the podcast. Uh, I might have made a, a brief mention of it, but we didn't really know any details back then. So no. we went and visited some friends who uh, have been living in PNG for 12 years. They're from Newcastle or the Newcastle area mm. um, in Australia. And they have planted a church in a remote uh, village in a remote area of PNG. Papua New Guinea. Yeah. For those Papua, not in the know. Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the trip started off with uh, some fun and games. Uh, we had a flight from Sydney to Port Moresby. We were supposed to be leaving at uh, 7 a.m. So we got to the airport at 5, got up at 4, which is tough with a 20-month-old child. <laughs> this isn't the, That's not the worst part. We got to the airport. The flight didn't exist. So, so Air New Guinea let us book a flight on a day that they don't actually operate flights. So we turned up on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Air New Guinea is owned by Qantas. So we went to the Qantas people. They looked it up and said, um, it says here on the computer that Air New Guinea is not flying Wednesdays until further notice. <laughs> like, oh, right. Well, someone forgot to tell us then, didn't they? So Qantas said, ah, we could get you on a flight from Brisbane to Port Moresby, but you have to be in Brisbane in international airport by uh, 12 o'clock Ooh. midday. So this is 5 in the morning, 5.30, closer to 6 now. Uh, so we phoned up Virgin Australia and said, are you flying to Brisbane? Are you getting on one right now? Uh, uh, do you have one? And they're like, yeah, but we have one business class seat and one economy seat. <laughs> so it was going to cost one economy thing and the business class seat was worth like three times as much. Wow. And then while we were in the middle of booking it, um, a second economy seat popped up and we could hey. get a second economy seat. So we flew to Brisbane, uh, smashed through uh, to the international terminal mm-hmm. on the electric bus Um uh, it's the first time I've ever been to Brisbane Airport, actually, international mm. or domestic. I've and not been there, I don't think. No, it's, it's really nice. Anyway, so we checked in with Qantas uh, to fly to Port Moresby and we were like, we were cutting it fine. And mm. they said, but don't run. Don't run at all because um, you're checked in now. You'll be right. They'll wait for you now that you're here. That's nice. That yeah, and it's the first time I've ever flown Qantas too. Port Moresby to, uh, I mean Sydney to Port, uh, Brisbane to Port Moresby, and Qantas is good. Oh yeah. If I had the money, I'd fly Qantas all the time. If I had the money, I'd fly first class Qantas all the time. But, I mean, <laughs> if, if we're talking it's unlimited not money, a question, <laughs> what's so bad about having to sit in a Jetstar little tiny seat, un dislocate your jaw? Shove your two knees up in there. I mean, as imagine you would have to do with your massive long yeah. legs. Yeah. Hide your own knees in your mouth. What's so bad about it? Yeah. All those things. All those yeah. things yeah. And, and a few more. <laughs> those yeah. exact things. But we got there and we made our connecting domestic flights. But when we went to check our baggage through to the domestic connection flights, they said, we can't connect you through because you didn't get on the plane in Sydney. This morning, like the flight didn't exist. There is no plane. There was no plane. <laughs> That's so brilliant. That, so, that, so we had to go over to the sales desk, talk to someone else, convince them to change our booking somehow. And they did, but it took like 45 minutes. Yeah, wow. Painful. So you got there, Simon. We did get there. We did get there and we were hot. Now, what I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here, Michael, you feel free to have some input into this. If... Simon retells his entire PNG story at the current rate. It'd be a month. Well, that was just an interesting bit. 
That was the start. How, that was how, the first... how many interesting bits are there along this trip? Ah. Uh, Four? I don't know. Four. I would. I could yeah, take I could four. Do, I, could do four. I couldn't take any more. I could do it a bit quicker. I couldn't than that. take any more. I would be at my that limit. Was very, I went way. Somebody's detailed. been talking about this all week in the cabin. He hasn't <laughs> stopped talking about PNG. That's why we've we got to do, do a whole episode on it. So you we just get the do whole story. Three. No. And save one for a little sneaky later on. Oh, okay. Because I mean, um, you could, you could, and you have spoken for over seventy-two hours about your trip. <laughs> All right, then. And so I don't think people's phones can handle that level of downloads. The thing about Simon is that he's actually, he's been on one mission exposure trip and he spent the entire week in the log cabin rebuking Michael and I for having no desire to reach others with the gospel. All of a sudden, Simon's on a new spiritual plane now and he's all he's been doing is serving up these red hot rebukes. There is no microwave. He's been heating the food with the anger. With the anger, <laughs> anger of... Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that you're particularly passionate about, Simon, is the term youth, uh, not youth, uh, the term short-term mission trip. Yeah. I hear it's a favourite of yours. No. We do want to unpack that for a quick second. Yeah, I want to understand this. Well, a short-term mission trip implies that someone is going somewhere to, uh, to preach the gospel and they're going to be there for about five seconds. They're not going to hang around to disciple any converts. They're sure. not going to hang around to plant a church. Um, and there are some very, uh, there, there are probably contexts where that's fine, probably not the best option, but it's fine because that might be in a context where there are unbelievers, but there are also believers and churches and things. And it just happens to be a different country than your own. Okay. Um, my focus and, uh, the focus of uh, the organization that we're training with is with unreached people groups. So that's with people who have no access to the gospel, no written Bible at all, no Christians, no churches, no nothing. How many of those are there? How many people groups? Yeah. I can't remember. There's a lot, but it's about 29% of the world's population will never, ever hear the gospel. That's crazy. Unless someone goes. Unless someone goes and like translate, learns their language and their culture and translates the Bible for them or parts of the Bible enough to tell the gospel. That's a bigger number stays, than I was expecting. And then, there'll be, and then there'll be no churches unless someone stays to plant one and mature true. it and yeah. disciple people. I would hazard a guess and say it's not 29%. I've got, I've got no facts to back that up. But 29% of the world's population is unreached by the gospel. Yeah. Would you say and more has or less? No po- has no way. I'd say less. I'd say like... It's 29%. I'd say 12. Mm, I don't know. I reckon 29. It's 29%. That's Paul. crazy. And the next week, we're going to have to meditate. We don't have any internet in the cabin, <laughs> but we're just going to have to meditate on what the right now, answer might now be. Now wrap your head around this. 3% of all the missionaries in Christianity that are sent go to that 29% of the world's population. Oh. And 1% of all the money that gets given to the church around the globe hmm. is given to that 3% of missionaries working with... Wow. Work, that work in that 29% That's unreal. unreached. So there, where are these there other... Is more, there is more money reported embezzled by different churches around the world every year than is given to missions. That's no crazy. No way. Yeah. It's true. It's an indictment upon the church, isn't it? America, oh, yeah. Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets <laughs> than gets given to unreached people group missionaries. So what, where are these other missionaries going to if they're not going to unreached people groups? So places, uh, say, like Eastern Europe, say. France. 
Yeah, yeah or France. Yeah, you know, there like. are, there are churches there, but it's heavily atheist or agnostic or whatever. Just non-believing people. Yeah, or um, or, or Australia. Yeah, or Australia. There were some people who got sent to Hobart From as missionaries. Mm. Yeah, I thought, what a laugh that is. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bible Belt, matey. <laughs> what, what do you think Melbourne? about that, Simon? People who are sending mission workers to places that are reached, but still have very high populations of non-believers, um, post-Christian culture areas. What are your thoughts? It's really hard to be objective in that because True. i'm not god and i'm not calling people to do different things uh so yeah, but obviously if you were and you were getting <laughs> <laughs> god for a day <laughs> yeah but do you get what i mean like mm. i can't say that god hasn't called someone and to hobart mm. and i think in some ways having someone from a different culture to look with fresh perspective at a culture so if an american came to hobart they would be looking things, they would a whole things, different a whole way, different way yeah. and they'd be working things over in their mind and just looking at it all fresh rather than all the baked in things that we have in our brains. Um, so I think that can be very valuable. Mm. But still 29%. But, but the numbers 29%. are insane. And that's what gets me. Like the numbers are just mental. Like there shouldn't be that many. And I think most of the reason that there are so many people going to places where there's already churches is either lack of knowledge of the need or just fear mm. or love of self in forms of comfort and materialism. The, and I think kind of thing. surely within the, within the sphere of missionary activity, which in itself is a hard road, yeah. the, the hard path on the hard road would be that kind of missionary activity, which is going to totally unreached people group yeah. where you don't know the language and there is no scripture. Mm. So that that is the the very very narrow path. Yeah, yeah, it is. But like, it's the most needed as well. True. I just I just think it's not spooked enough. The fact that you guys didn't know that it was that high no. percentage. I, I still dispute that. Is <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you the statistics later. But it's the fact that you guys of all people, like I would have thought you guys probably would have. Like, especially you, Paul, like, accept that statistic. Mm. But for even you to be like, nah, man. Yeah. That, that just tells me if that If you had all asked me the... to guess, I would say one in 10, which I think is a pretty high number still. Um, the 10%. 10%. So like I, think, third, I think that's a high number. A third of what... That's why I said 12. Third. So um, yeah. I said that's, 12. How many billion people are in the world now? Oh, seven and a bit. Seven and a bit. So we're talking close to three billion people. Yeah. What? A, yeah. What? What? Yeah, three billion people have never heard about Jesus. No, I dispute no, the math. That's that's, that's like forty percent. Yeah, is it? Yeah, Doctor Laws. Two billion is that yeah, close? More like get two. on your game. Oh, two like billion one, people. I think it's like one point seven or one point eight billion. The actual number. Different like math supply out here in the log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your conventional maths. Yeah, no anyway, calculators here in the log anyway, cabin. Anyway, so should we go back to the PNG trip? Yes. So that's the yes. kind of context. This unreached people group thing where Lucinda and I. are feel called to go so we went to visit these missionaries who i've known for many years since before they left australia we went to visit them to see how they've done it because the way we're being trained is the way these guys have planted their church mm. using chronological bible teaching from genesis to christ uh so we we got over there um had a two and a half hour boat ride uh in between some beautiful islands over to their island then a five-hour hike into about 
the dead center of this island mm. and uh, stayed in their little house there, their two-story, three-bedroom house, which sounds good, but um, is a little bit different than you might think. Was it like a mud hut? No, no, wood built okay. from wood. Is that, yeah. is that racist built of me timber? that I just said that? Maybe. Don't think so. Uh, hopefully not. Oh, okay. well, are there mud hut houses while they in were, While they were building that, no, they're wood and like thatched leaf, like coconut okay, leaf sure. type things. Mud While they were building that house, they did live in a traditional built house. So their house is a little different to the other house, the natives. It's like a bajillion times more sophisticated. Oh, okay, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Become a Christian. This is what you get. No, Two no, stories. Not like that at <laughs> Two all. Two stories. But I, I was telling you in the car on the way up to cabin the other week, Paul, you've probably forgotten by now, but... Um, but I was saying that when we got there or before we got there, I thought this is going to be hard. Like we're going to get there and we're going to see how these guys really have it. Like it's a tough life. I know that. But when I'm living there, I'll be like, wow, I have so much more appreciation for it. Got there after the five hour hike. Mm. I'm like, oh my goodness. These guys have solar power, a 240 watt inverter. They've got fans <laughs> running 24 seven. They've got a gas stove. They've got hot gas, hot water. He's got a motorbike. He's got a petrol lawnmower. <laughs> They've got um, MacBook Pros and that, you know. Uh, Janet's got an iPad and whatnot. She watches her TV shows on that. And I'm wow. like, they've got a Nintendo Switch sitting on the TV cabinet. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? This is so much better than I thought. And then after about two and a half weeks, I was like, actually, this is actually harder than I thought it would be before I came. So I went from it being harder to like, this is sweet to know actually it's harder. In what ways? Isolation is a massive one. Mm. So uh, nearly all missionary teams start up now as a team. So Mm. you'd have two, probably three, hopefully more if, if there's the resources of families living together. So you can pull your, pull your talents and skills and knowledge and all that kind of thing. Um, And given that what we know of Christ and his, church as a body with eyes and yeah, tongues and livers exactly. and all these sorts of things. Yeah. You'd think that would be the best way to roll. That's exactly given right. Given that someone else, by virtue of us all being different parts of the body of Christ, will most likely be able to complement you. For real. Yeah. So these guys started out with a team, but uh, their team ended up going home. Hmm. Um, no team. No team. So it's just them. And they had two teenage daughters. Wow. And um, now both their teenage daughters are living in Australia. So it's just the two of them. Okay. So there's just these two, this one couple living in the middle of nowhere uh, with no white people around for five hours hike and two and a half hours boat ride. That is like... So you've got radio connection with uh, radio check-ins with um, every day with with the mainland, but that's it. I was going to say that's the that's the like the thin footpath on the edge of the narrow road. Yeah, so it is a really hard of global. Missions. So that's one of the biggest things. Yeah, integrated well into the community there, or is that that a real struggle for them? It's it's hard because you're never going to be the same. No. One of them, really. Mm-hmm. They the they have uh, twelve believers there. Mm-hmm. Um, six of eight of them are couples. So four couples and a single guy and a single lady. And they're, you know, they're pretty good friends with them and they meet up with them all the time, discipling them and that kind of thing. But it's just not the same as having someone to talk to in your mother, in your heart language. Mm, Indeed. Especially not uh, in terms of church. Yeah, that would be really challenging. 
and particularly for um Janet the lady she ne- she didn't uh pr- didn't do the uh language to as high an extent as her yeah. husband so he kept studying it so that he cuz he was going to be doing the bible teaching so he had to really know the ins mm. and outs of it so he could translate p- portions of the bible and the bible stories um but uh Janet didn't go to that level and that and that makes it a, a bit harder for her as well uh to develop meaningful relationships and a lot of the things she deals with that makes life hard or both of them mm. these people just don't get the fact of living away from home like that's not part of their understanding so they can't empathize with them either really yeah okay um and then there's uh you know not being with your family, uh, eating food that's constantly like going off or got weevils in it or, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then Janet and one of her daughters ended up with severe gluten intolerance. So oh, these guys wow. have to pay 10, over 10,000 US every quarter to get a helicopter to bring their food in. 40 grand a year. Yep. For some gluten-free. For, uh, but for and terrible now, and now, gluten-free food. Yeah, well, you, well. No, this is just for all their food in general okay. and fuel and gas and yeah. whatnot. And that would happen every quarter. But now um, they have to try and source gluten-free stuff, which in PNG just doesn't exist. So Ooh. they have to get it all posted from Australia or in overseas to there. So that costs money. Then they have to get it on the helicopter to bring it in. So it like triples the cost wow. of like a gluten-free pancake mix or something. Dude, just it's go just without the cakes. In, it's just insane. Yeah, wow. So it's it's really hard. Like uh, there are so many complexities, and like I can't explain to you how it's how why it's harder. So he's but he's it just a... is. I think if they didn't have like their TV and their two forty volt inverter and their mm-hmm. solar system, they'd go mental. They'd totally. be back in Australia in a heartbeat. Like I think that's one of the things that actually enables them to be there. So I don't mind. <laughs> so the obvious question then is Simon. In my mind. So you've gone, you've seen people on a very small portion of the most narrow road of the already very narrow road of global missions. Yeah. So these, these, peop, these people are hard up. Yeah. Now, what has that done to Simon and Lucinda's Glover's aspirations for mission, global mission to an unreached people group? We've seen the need. And so we're even more resolved that we need to go, yeah. um, that, it need, that we are needed on the field in any capacity that we can provide. And we don't know exactly where that is yet. So that may even start off as being a support missionary. So maybe even working on a base, on a mission base somewhere to enable other bush missionaries until we get to the point where we've, where we've built a team. So people kind of come in and become support and then suddenly there's these three families who are willing to go and that's, and then you, you know, you pray yeah. about it and then there's a team and then they can, go out and do surveys and things of where they might move to. So that's possibly how it would work. I don't know. I don't know what country we'll go to. It might not be PNG or Indonesia. It might be somewhere um, in Asia where we move into a city of a million people or something. And that could be a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we also have a much better appreciation of how much support missionaries need. Uh, in terms of communication from home. Okay. So one of the things that they ask for prayer for and 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 just for us to help out and to make people aware of the need of just 
being in touch, just an email about silly things, everyday things, whatever, just remembering to keep that contact going because they we forget about them because we're so busy mm-hmm. but that's just them and and they and what it feels like to them is that we never hear from them it's it's actually funny yeah. you say that because i was reflecting on this as you're away yeah because you're away and it probably seemed to you simon to be an eternity i don't know how you felt but to me honestly it felt like you were gone for about a heartbeat yeah. and then you're back and then mm. you're on my Front door picking me up for the log cabin <laughs> month-long trip. So it's it's interesting that time does travel at two different speeds relative to your location on the earth yeah. and your and your comfort zone. I stayed in my comfort zone for a month, and it just flew by. Yeah, you were well and truly outside of your comfort zone, yeah. and I bet you you felt every second of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, they say that it takes to about two weeks, maybe a bit more, to start getting into the culture shock. Um, side of things where you just mm. want to stay in bed, stay asleep or go <laughs> home. Um, and I, I felt that, um, I didn't want to stay in bed all day, but I was definitely like not dreading, but like not particularly wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Then when I did, I was like, oh, so slow. Like life is just mm. slow. You get to about two o'clock in the afternoon and you're like, oh, what would I be doing if I was at home? And then in the last week, Lucinda and I were just planning all the stuff we do when we get home. <laughs> It was kind yeah. of weird. And I want to be honest about that so I can deal with it. Mm. Um, yeah, we've got some people from CrossView coming down to visit us when we get out of this log cabin um, and uh, to talk to our church elders and before we move away to <laughs> Sydney um, just to meet everyone so they've got a face to put to the name CrossView. <laughs> yeah, well. And that's something I want to talk to them about and, yeah, sure. and just ask you know, how I should be dealing with something mm. like that. I mean, because it's only going to be worse when you're there forever. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> not forever, yeah. but like the two home years. Yeah. <laughs> two years and then six months home and then another two years. Like that's that's intense. Now, what encouragement would you have for people who haven't felt the call to global missions? Which if there are people who are listening to this podcast who are Christians, and I'm, mm. I'm look, fellas, I'm assuming most of our audience by this stage is we're probably rocking 70% Christian, 60, 70% Christian. At least. Probably. Yep. The if question, you're not, I'm surprised you still listen. So good on you. Become yet. a Christian. Yeah. yeah. Just become a Christian. It's easier. It's better. <laughs> Makes um, Paul's statistics right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tell all your friends in Nicaragua that you can, they can become Christians. Then, <laughs> then the unreached people groups will decrease. Um, but what encouragement do you have for people who are at home, say in their everyday context? Has what you've done in any way shaped the way that you would think about then just living in normal, um, a normal civilian kind of life? If you're a Christian, um, I I think it's very clear in the Bible that we're supposed to be part of mission. Mm. Um, so if you don't know anything about missions, like shame on you, I reckon. If you don't know anything about... This is what we've been again all week. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know anything, if you're part of your local church and you don't know the name of a missionary, even if that's local or somewhere else in the country of Australia or whatever, um, think, find someone, write to them, become their friend. Um, mm. it's, a, it's a big deal because um, when you're out there by yourself, you don't have the other parts of the body of Christ to help you along. Um, if you don't have the gif- gift of hospitality and someone comes to dinner, too bad. Like, you've got to be Christ to those people. <laughs> and if you yeah. don't have that gift, there's no one else to pick up the 
the slack who does mm. have the gift. So it's really hard. It's it's tough and it's stressful. And if you have money, that's mm. that's a big deal. Like send the cash. Oh, there, there is a big operation to live. Like I mentioned, the helicopter. Like you got all this stuff you got to put on the helicopter too, and a solar system's not cheap either. That the he has like eight batteries. Mm. Just lead acid, twelve volt batteries, but they cost three and a half thousand US dollars each. Wow! And they have a lifetime of like five, ten years, but that's expensive. Totally. And that's mm. not even all the parts you need. Like it, it is pricey to live, um, live out there. So they're doing it tough, and they're doing it with volunteered money, and they haven't got enough of it. So, mm. yeah. If you if you don't want to go, please support it. Yeah. Well, that's all we got time for today on the podcast, Simon. It's been super cool hearing about the things that you've been going I'm sh- through. I'm sure there'll be lots, lots more little facts pop up. Uh-huh. They have they have twisties in PNG. Guess what the slogan? <laughs> they're made in PNG. Guess what the slogan is? What's that? Life is fun with twisties. Well, there you go. <laughs> Instead of life's pretty straight without twisties. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Bad <laughs> translation. Don't get that kind oh, of translate the oh, scriptures. Oh, it's just a ripoff. They can't. Tra- they can't oh, copy it. Okay. They can't copy it because of trademark. Yeah. <laughs> and Twisters. That, and they, life is fun. And the registered <laughs> trademark logo that they put up the yeah. right to make it look like there's one there. They put a little asterisk. Oh, I love <laughs> it. To make it look like there's one there. I love it. So good. That's super clever. Uh, well, look, we might do another little sneaky episode. Uh, keep your eyes on the podcast that app that you like to use. Uh, see if one will drop maybe midway through the week. We'll see what what happens. If the fishing is any good, maybe we won't do it. We'll see, see how things go. Uh, but that's all. Any final parting words? Only that I think there's a strong biblical case to be made if you read sort of Philippians chapter 1. For I mean, what Simon was saying is true. So you should support ministry uh, workers in general and specifically missions workers. And the great thing about it is because we are all different parts of the body of Christ, we are all not, we don't, there is not a biblical mandate for us all to be evangelists. Mm, exactly. We're not, especially not capital E evangelists. Yeah. So we're to be prepared to give a defense for the hope that is in us, 1 Peter 3. Mm-hmm. But there is a case in which it is a very real, tangible partnership. You can become, when Simon goes, you can become a co worker with Simon. Yeah. You can be right right there, so to speak. I mean, that's what Paul says to those people who were praying for him. He says, mm. you, were, you were co-workers. Yeah. You shared my chains, he even says. Mm. Just so, by praying. Yeah. So many missionaries. Like It seems like a, a cliche or a, a veiled um, statement, uh, but so many people will just say that they appreciate the prayers more than the money. And it just seems like, oh, yeah, really? But it's true. Mm. Yeah. So praying is worth much more than your dollars. Keep living the dream, guys. It's been real. Mm-hmm.